I am excited about this message and this month and what God's going to do. Uh, the month of February for us, traditionally we would have a Vision Sunday on the first month or one of the Sundays of, of, the, of February and then we kind of talk about other things through the month. But uh, this, this year I've had this message stirring in me for quite a while and I wanted to make sure that I could preach four Sundays in a row. And so this is my first opportunity for months to where I know I'm going to be preaching four Sunday mornings in a row and that I can really lean into this, um, this message that God's put on my heart. Now, therefore, what I'm wanting to say to us is this whole month is Vision Month, not just one service, because I'm just going to kind of keep putting some thoughts out there. Uh, in December 31, I went down to C3 Oxford Falls and I preached uh, Pastor Phil's on sabbatical, or was on sabbatical, and I had the privilege of preaching at their New Year's Eve dreaming service, where they dream for the next year. And as I came back on the plane, I felt the whisper of the Holy Spirit to say, I want you to dream for the church for the next decade, but I want you to write down what, I, what you see and what I've been showing you over the last 18 months. And so I wrote it down and we've been refining it, but I want to read it to you and I'll be reading it at the beginning of each service right through the month of February, because this is a dream for us in the 20s. I see our church in a season of revival, a powerful move of God with radical salvations, healings, and young people being apprehended for God's call on their life. I see extraordinary momentum with a thousand people being saved in a year and increasing until one day we see a thousand people across our services saved across a weekend. I see us being a leadership factory, training, raising up and empowering leaders who are brilliant disciple makers. There is a multiplication of leaders of all ages who are gripped by a strong and unshakable call of God, which causes them to lay down their lives for the gospel. I see us established in our new premises on Power Road. It's a landmark facility. This will be a demonstration of God's power, a series, a result of a series of miracles that echoes around the nations. The Lord will be glorified for doing exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. I see new church locations, starting with Melbourne in 2020. I'm believing for five new church plants over the course of this decade. I see these locations supernaturally in their own buildings because we first broke through on the Sunshine Coast. I see our church filled with influencers and entrepreneurs, innovative, cutting-edge marketplace leaders who excel in every sphere of society, government, media, sport, entertainment, education, and business. Entrepreneurs who set the standard for business excellence, leadership, and wealth creation. You can tell I'm, I'm, I'm really pumped, I'm spitting. I see our church constantly experiencing powerful healings. There is a breakthrough anointing on our church. People get healed in their seats during worship, watching online. People are flying in to be in our services because they've heard miracles are happening at C3 Powerhouse. And then I see us being known for kindness in our community. Our reputation is for generosity, compassion, and practical help for those who are in need. I see us as a haven of love, hope, and acceptance for all, radiating God's love into our community and beyond. C3 Powerhouse in the 20s. That's the dream. What do you reckon? That's us believing together. If you're here to be part of our church, you're new and you're looking for a church, we'd love you to be part of what God is going to do this 
next decade together. It's fantastic. For those of you who are wanting to grow in leadership, I can't wait to see you at the Leadership Academy. We launched this Thursday night, so details of that are in the foyer. If you want to go deeper into your leadership journey, that's for you. All right, lock in and let's go. Last year, David McCracken, a world-renowned prophet, visited our church and, and, and prophesied over us that 2020 was marked on God's calendar as a year of supernatural breakthrough for us. Uh, he, he, he enforced to us that this year things were going to happen that we'd been believing God for for a number of years. Uh, he shared with us that that would happen for us as a church, but that would happen for individuals in our church, that we would walk into the breakthroughs that many of us had been believing for. He referred to two keys. If we we're going to take our promised land together, if we we're going to walk into the things God's got for us, we'd need to make sure we knew how to break intimidation off us and that we'd make, we needed to prioritize fresh encounters with Jesus. So this morning, as the, the launching into our year of supernatural breakthrough, I want to begin this series called It's Time Breaking Intimidation. It's Time Breaking Intimidation. And if, you, if like me, at some point in your life, intimidation has blocked you from stepping into God's best for you, if it's robbed you of God's best, then I want to say it's time that we put a stop to that. No more wondering one day, waiting for God to do something so that I change. Instead of waiting for God to do something so that I change, we're going to lean in together to do something ourselves so we can walk into what God's got for us, partnering with the Holy Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time you've got to break through. Turn to your other neighbor, your second favorite neighbor, tell them it's time you got a breakthrough. So over the next four Sunday mornings and nights, I'm going to be preaching on four steps for breaking intimidation. They go together. They're not individual, they're not isolated, they go together. You've got a brochure on your seat that is going to talk about the first step. Now, the preaching itself won't change you. But it, what it will do is shine a light on the lies that you and I have believed that have become uh, things that have blocked us and, and stopping us from going into God's promise for us. And so once the light of the Holy Spirit has shone on the lies, you and I have got to go to work partnering with God to get free from intimidation. Not just, oh great, if I hear it, it will change me. If you hear it, it'll set you up to be changed but you and I have got to do the work to experience change. Now, I'm preaching from experience this message, okay? This is not theory. This is not some good ideas. This is not me stealing someone else's message, which I never do anyway, okay, just to be clear. This is, this is out of personal revelation. Uh, for 25 years, I would say one of the biggest challenges I've faced has been battling intimidation. I'll explain what it is in a moment. Battling intimidation. And over those 25 years, I've learned the different keys and scriptural principles to get breakthroughs in different seasons. It works like this. Whenever God wants to take you into a new level of blessing or influence, there will be a giant on the other side in that land that will be trying to oppose you going into that new season of blessing and influence that God's called you to. And so you've got to learn to break through that, to overcome that, and then go up to that level in God. And that's the way it works for all of us. And so I've, I've had to learn to do that. But I also know that in that journey, I've lost too many days 
to a heaviness that's come from, impre- from, from intimidation. I've spent too much time with an internal battle going on, raging, rather than fighting an external battle. I've, been fi- I've fought an internal battle. And so I've learned that if I'm going to really deal with some stuff, I need to go after it intentionally. So last year, with an accumulation of many, many years of breakthrough and, and, and ground taken, but too much time lost in those moments, I, I made a decision, I'm going to go after uh, something for uh, intimidation for six months every day. And every day I'm going to take five or so minutes out of my prayer time and I'm going to go after uh, this and I'm going to do exactly what I'm going to teach us over the next four weeks. I want to tell you what's happened for me last year uh, has supercharged the breakthroughs I've experienced over many years. Uh, It's revolutionized my life. I said to someone recently uh, what, what the great thing about last year was. It was my, probably one of my most externally challenging spiritual warfare years I've ever experienced. But most of my fighting wasn't a battle going on inside. It was a battle with things external that I could live above rather than dealing with the internal battles of my enemy. You know, your enemy is often your enemy. So, that was, so rather than dealing with that, I was smashing it every morning for five minutes and I was living above it to fight the battles that God called me to do. And this morning, I want to equip you to fight with God the battles of the internal world so that you can have the influence and the blessing that God has created you for. Anyone want some help with that today? All right, let's go. So firstly, let's talk about what is intimidation? What is it? Let's have a look. Intimidation. I've written my own definition. Intimidation is a demonic spirit and strategy that robs us of godly confidence, not self-confidence, godly confidence, and stops us entering into God's best for our life. I'm going to read it again. Intimidation is a demonic spirit and strategy that robs us of godly confidence and stops us entering into God's best for our life. I like the phrase godly confidence. Confidence is different to boldness. Boldness can be something you can pray your way into for a moment, But confidence is something that you live out of continuously, out of who you are on the inside. Many of us know how to be bold. Many of us know how to overcome something for a moment, but then go back to living under a spirit of intimidation. But confidence is something God wants to put in you, God confidence. You'll see the the spirit of intimidation all the way through the Bible. You'll see it when uh, Moses says to God, oh, I can't, you can't use me because I can't speak. What is that? It's a spirit of intimidation. Intimidation makes Saul hide in the baggage when he's being crowned as king. He's intimidated. Intimidation causes Gideon to balk at God's call to rescue the Israelites, saying my clan is the weakest and I'm the least in my family. I can't do it. You see, intimidation causes Elijah to flee in fear when Jezebel threatens him. You'll see intimidation causes Jeremiah to say, I'm too young. You'll see intimidation makes Timothy allow people to look down on him and not stir up the gift of God in him. So Paul has to write and say, God didn't give you a spirit of intimidation. That's from the other guy. God's given you love, power, and a sound mind. You'll see the spirit of intimidation try to get on Jesus as he's about to step into his three years of, of influence and ministry where the devil comes and whispers just this subtle little thing. If you are the Son of God. 
He tries to erode his confidence in who God has called him to be. You'll see uh, one of the great stories of intimidation is that, that really is a picture for us as Christians is the story of the children of Israel about to go into God's promised land. They'd come out of slavery to the Egyptians, They'd go, and it's a, it's a type or a shadow of the Christian life. So we've come out of slavery to sin. They've gone over the Red Sea. That's us being water baptized. They've gone in the wilderness for God to get things out of them. And God had done miracles, you know, stuff from heaven feeding them, quails from heaven, KFC, the whole lot was amazing. Uh, they, they, they had their clothes and shoes didn't work, wear out. Water came out of a rock. All, all these amazing miracles. And they get, on, they get ready to go into their promised land that God's got for them. And they're ready to move from the moment in their life where God is, has just answered and done stuff for them to now God's going to do stuff through them. He's going to fight with them. They, instead of the water opening up in front of them, now they've got to step out into the water. They've got, to, they've got to start partnering with God at a greater level as you do as you mature as a Christian. You've got to start partnering with God rather than waiting for Him to do stuff for you. And they're about to go into their promised land and we see they hit the spirit of intimidation. The spies go in, they check it out, and they come back. And this is what they said. They gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they'd spied out. A few verses earlier, they said, oh, it's amazing. Flows with milk and honey. It's all these fruit and grapes and awesome stuff. And, and, but then they said, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. That's not true, but that's their perception. And all the people whom we saw are men of great stature. Then we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. I want to tell you how the spirit of intimidation works. The spirit of intimidation works when it tells us a lie that's, that, that sounds true, but it's not true. It feels true. It feels real. That lie has usually been built into our life, and it can work a couple of ways. Uh, it can work in, in a situation where someone, and they could be, even be a good friend, someone could make a comment, and unaware of our own inner enemy, our own battles, and they'll make this comment, and that comment, a spirit will get on that comment, and it'll just start to bounce around in our head. And suddenly I was confident, but now I'm not confident. Now I think of doing this thing, but this phrase goes around in my head. And suddenly, instead of being confident, I'm like, oh, 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 I don't know. And I get all, I get all edgy and, and I, I, lose my, I lose my sense of purpose. And that, that can happen with just a simple phrase. Spirit of intimidation gets on words. Wasn't even intended for that, but that can happen. Or, and this is what's happened to the, the Israelites, over a period of time, a lie cannot just get into our head, but it can get into our heart. It can do the journey over time, that, because the Bible says, as you are in your heart, so it will be. Uh, the Bible says that the, the limitations of your life are your heart. And so what can happen, now, and it can happen through upbringing, your family of origin, in our family, we think this, we believe this lie. It's, it's, I've just grown up with it or I think it about myself. It can happen through negative experiences or experiences. It can happen through education. I've been taught this. Maybe you've been taught something that was supposed to be from the Bible, but it's not. And now it's got into your mind and in your heart. And then you come to a moment where God says, I want to take you to a new level of influence or blessing. 
I want to give you the desires of your heart. I want to move you into something. And on the outside, there's actually no impediment because God's God. So the children of Israel, God's done all those miracles for them. They get to the edge of the promised land. All they've got is some giants, right? That's what they've got. I mean, they've, had, they've, had, they've been in the desert and been fed. But now they've got giants. They've seen the Egyptian army swallowed up in the Red Sea. So there's no problem with God, but here's what happens. They get that and fear and intimidation gets on them because this is what happens. They say this, we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. We were, we were, we were insignificant. They're big. We're, we're small. We're, we're, we're like pests. We're, we're unable to go. And you know where it had come from? It was a slave mentality. Because they'd grown up as slaves, what was written on their heart is, is that we're insignificant. What's been written on their hearts is we're not overcomers. What's been written on their hearts is we're under, not on top. And so when the moment to launch into their future comes, what's in, what the loudest thing in their head is the lies of intimidation that are in their heart. And, ra- and rather, and here's, what, here's the crazy thing, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Well, are they, like, are they grasshoppers? It's not a fact. It's a feeling and it's a lie. And then watch this. And so we were in their sight. I mean, now they're not only feeling like grasshoppers. Now they're psychic. Now they can see exactly what the, the other guys see them as. This is what happens with intimidation. I feel insignificant. Therefore, I think everybody else thinks I'm insignificant. Something in my heart tells me a spiritually empowered stronghold tells me this is the truth about who I am. I don't distinguish it as a lie. I just think that's who I am. And then I think everybody else sees me like that. Then I think everybody else, oh, that's that guy who, who can't get out of poverty. That's that guy who can never get this. That's that person. Who, and we see that and that spirit dominates our life. And the problem's not with God. The problem's not with God's will. The problem's not with God's intention. It's not with His design. The problem's not with our enemies. The problem's not what others see us as. The problem is how do I see me? That's what the spirit of intimidation is. How do I see me and how do I see God? And if I've got those two things wrong, if they're out of whack with what the truth is, those things will be the boundaries that anchor us to our past rather than release us into our future. Are we making any sense today? All right, so that's intimidation. What, how do I tell I'm under intimidation? And I think under is the right phrase. I'm under it. I mean, I, I, I've had numerous moments where I, I know I'm under intimidation. There's someone there and they're an influential person and, and I admire them. I, I, I want to go up and say hello. But something inside of me says, well, wh- why would they want to talk to you? You're nothing. Or for me, the phrase that was written on my heart, and next week I'll tell you how, is you're inferior to others. So this little phrase, it's like, so why would you go up and talk to them? You're inferior to them. And I've, I've lost too many moments of potential godly connections because of intimidation. I've spent too much time overthinking moments because of intimidation. So here's five signs that you're under it. Okay, here's five signs. 
Number one, and it's, it's like it's a cloud that gets around your head, a voice, a cloud that gets around your emotions, a voice that gets in your head, or a belief in your heart. So the number one is just discouragement and demotivation. Why bother? I'm, I'm out. I'm checking out. That's just too hard. Why would I do that? That's never going to work. Discouragement and demotivation. Number two, I'm paralyzed from decision making. I've got a lie on my heart. I go to make a decision and I just, I'm double-minded. I'm indecisive and I eventually sink and can't make a decision. I've known uh, guys over the years who want to get married and they really like a girl, but for, for some reason, something in their head, whatever, this lie in their heart stopping them. And so they get into this indecisive mode and almost, and yes and don't, and then just get paralyzed. The problem's not the girl or that it's right. It's the intimidation on their heart. I see, okay, another sign is, is just, I just call it going missing. Saul did this. He's supposed to be getting crowned as king and he's literally hiding in the baggage. He's gone missing. He's isolating himself. I'm withdrawing from other people because intimidation is dominating my life. Uh, some of you need to actually break intimidation by going to a group. Because it's like, well, why would I go to a group? What, what, what if they, they knew the real me? What if, what if they actually realized, I'm not sure my personality can, will really, whatever, lie, 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 lie. Liar, liar, pants on fire. All right, uh, we go missing. Uh, number four, we try too hard. So, so it's like, oh, I feel so bad about myself and I've got all these lies. So rather than just being confident in God, I'm gonna prove that they're not true by overstretching. And then I step on everybody around me and annoy the heck out of everybody. And it's, I'm striving because of intimidation on the inside. And then number five sign that I'm under it is I'm, I'm critical in my heart of others who are successful. So I'm like, well, I don't like who I am I don't, in whatever the lie is. And therefore, and they're doing really well. And I see what they're where I'd like to be. So rather than growing and being inspired by their success, I start being critical and pulling them down to make myself feel better. Five signs of intimidation. Now, you don't need to put your hand up if you're recognizing any of those in yourself, okay. All right, so how do we, how do we transform it? Well, if we understanding, and this is what today is, understanding is a big part of it. Uh, really, it's the lies that we believe is the title of this message, the lies that we believe. Uh, the lies, when they get demonized, become what the Bible calls strongholds. A stronghold is a demonically empowered thought pattern around my mind and my heart. It's, it's so strong. Sometimes a stronghold can stop you even connecting with God. Because of upbringing or teaching or experience, you've got this thought about God or you taught, were taught something, you've got this thought about God. It's not truthful. But it's now it's around your heart and mind. And, and rather than stepping into a relationship with God, which is going to be your answer, you pull back because this, there's this trap around you stopping you walking into your future. That's why the Bible says this, 2 Corinthians 10. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We dem I like that word demolish. We demolish, we disarm, we pull the lies down, okay? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God 
as we take captivity of every thought to make it obedient to Christ. All right, today I want to help you take some thoughts captive. This is what we've got to do. We've got to, we've got to recognize, well, what are the lies that we're believing? Like some, often they are family of origins. Sometimes they're the lies that we were told by our parents, the lies that we were told by our teachers, the lies that we were told by our siblings, the lies that we were told by our friends. Got, now, I'm not talking about the fun lies. You know, the fun lies like, oh, when the ice cream van has music on, that means there's no ice cream. I don't know how many, how many anyone, parents tell you that? All right. Or, or what about this? Some, some mums even might have tried this one. They don't sell replacement batteries for that specific toy. Once it, it's gone, all right, it's all over. Anyone ever had that? Someone I knew grew up on a farm and they were told the TV doesn't work unless it's raining. That's not bad. Uh, I read about one guy. He said, my dad told me the rumble strips on the highway, you know, the ones when you cross over and they make a noise, the rumble strips on the highway are for blind drivers so they know to stay between. He said, it took me seven years to realize. Well played, dad, love it. One particularly cruel mom in the shopping center would say this to her kids. When we went to the store, my mom used to say, every time you touch something on the shelves, a kitten dies. <laughs> so bad, so bad, so bad. All right, so I'm not talking about those lies. Not, not those lies. I'm talking about the lies that are more subtle. The, the lies that are more... The lies that are more destructive in our hearts. I'm going to put some up on the screen. Oh, you might identify with some of these. Here we go. These are, and these are all lies. And I guarantee everybody in this room would have some of these lies. All right. I am too old. I can't be influential or be blessed. I am inferior. That was one of mine. I am not good enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm unworthy. I'm unlovable. I'm not smart enough. I'm not gifted enough. I'm dumb. I'm cast aside. I'm a second-class Christian. I'm rejected. I'm a failure because of my past failures. I'm disqualified by my past. I'm not holy enough. I don't have enough faith. I'm invisible. I'm going to get hurt again if I step out. I'm going to fail again if I step out again. I've got no voice. I will never measure up. I don't have what it takes. I don't belong here. I don't fit in. These are lies. Let's expose some lies today. I don't fit in. I can't tell the real truth or I'll be rejected. Big lie that's going to stop you getting free. I'll never see breakthrough. I'll never have enough. I'll never be healed. I'm not cut out for this. I'm not as good as insert awesome person. I am not as good as so-and-so. I'm never going to change. All right, there's, there's some, some eye things. Now, some of you want to take your phone out and you want to take a photo of that screen right now and you want to take it home and you want to pray, Holy Spirit, help me identify it. Some of you right now, the moment I said it, you, your heart witnessed, that's me. I believe that. That's a lie. And, and, you, and you know what? Initially, you're like, I don't even realize that's a lie. That's just what I think. But I want to tell you today, it's a, it's a strategy, a demonic strategy to keep you locked up from walking into the blessing and influence that God's called for you, okay? And so we've got to recognize it. Today, there's two steps that today is all about. The first is recognizing it. Now, not, it might not be about you. It might be a lie about God through upbringing, experience, etc. So they might be these ones. God is harsh. God's angry with me. These are lies. God sees me as guilty. God is he's finished with me. God could never forgive my past. 
God favors others above me. God doesn't really see me. God doesn't really love me. God doesn't really know me. God doesn't want me to be healed. God doesn't want me to prosper. God doesn't want me to be successful. God is far away and not close to me. All lies that don't line up with the Word of God, but if they were spoken over us, spoken into us long enough, eventually they'll be second nature. And it's actually, we just think it's normal and natural but it's a lie that's become part of the way we think. The Bible talks about your heart like this. It says that our heart is like a tablet that words are engraved on. You can have thoughts that bounce around in your head for a while that intimidate you and deal with quickly, but if you've had things engraved on your heart like I have through upbringing experiences and teaching, then it takes, it's not just a matter of a quick prayer to unwrite that and to rewrite that. That's why I'm talking about a six-month journey. That's why I'm talking about some people today making a decision to do what I'm going to explain in a moment. And by the time we get to Powerhouse Conference in six months' time, you will be literally a different person because of the confidence. If you do the work, day by day, layer by layer, and I'm going to break it down for you, but if you do the work, God will transform you. Now, some of you are like, uh, there's 17 up there that I, that I can identify with. Come on, you, you know, and here's what, I just, I want you to ask, and we're going to pray soon and ask the Holy Spirit, what's the, what, what would be my top four? Last year, I spent time on four. I just went, you know, it could be three, it could be five, it's not magic four, you can just, but just be specific, okay? And the first is to recognize it, and here's the second thing, it's to repent of agreeing with the lie. It's to, re, it's to own, it's to repent that I believed that lie. So I'm not just going to blame my parents or blame this or blame that. I'm going to own that I've taken that on board and I've believed it and I'm going to, I'm going to repent of it. Now, let, I want you to understand this. If you go and see the, the dentist because you've got pain you got a, and you've got decay that's eaten away in your, in your, your tooth and, and there's a hole and it's being corrupted, all right? If the dentist goes, great, uh, I'll just give that a quick little, little rinse and then I'll put some fillings in there. We're not going to fix the problem. They'll get the drill out. They'll, they'll clean it out. They'll get rid of all the stuff that's broken down. And then they'll refill it. The wrong thoughts and concepts that we have are like decay in our heart. And it's not just a matter of coming and saying, okay, well, here's God's truth. I'll, re- I'll just start saying God's truth. If it's over the top of a lie. I've got to unpack, I've got to just, I've got to get in that garden of my heart and weed out all those weeds rather than just going in and planting new seeds of truth. I've got to weed out those things. So that's why, if it's, because hey, if it was a thought that you had yesterday that was demonically inspired and it, it was, that was the first time you've heard it and it's in your mind, we could deal with it, bam, and you'd be free. Okay, if it's like a nail went in, we could pull it out, be gone. But most of the, Wrong thinking that's got into our heart and mind is more like a screw that got screwed into our heart over a long period of time. And it's been sitting there for a long period of time. So it's not just a matter of pulling it out in a moment. It's a matter of unscrewing it. We repent. And what I'm asking us to repent for six months. So this is one of the things I did. I said, Lord, I repent every day. Just very simple. God, I repent for believing the lie that I'm inferior to others. I repent of it. Just that phrase is powerful. I repent of believing, I'm, I'm 
I'm saying it's a lie. Now, repenting every day is not about being forgiven every day. With God, you just repent and you're forgiven once. Okay, you don't have to keep repenting of it. But repenting is actually, the literal word is it's changing your mind. So I'm just repenting. That's got deep into my heart. Lord, I repent for believing the lie that I'm inferior. Done. And I just repented of four things and I'll probably, they'll probably come out in therapy over the next month in the pulpit. It'll be quite powerful. And so as I've done that, I'm just like, oh, wow, that's the first step. I'm going to, over the next three weeks, we're going to look at the, the, the next steps. So I want you, I've given you a booklet. We've printed up a booklet. I like us, the first page is the first step. They're, they're supposed to be together. I recognize and repent the lies I believe. And I want you to just write, write some of them down. You might write them down this morning. You might already write, written them down. Take it to Connect Group. As some of you begin to share about the lies that I've believed and been set from in the past and the lies that I'm, I've now, I know God wants to set me from, here's the thing. When the light gets into the lies, they are disempowered like that. As soon as you say it, there's power. It's like, really? You believe that? That's rubbish. And you're going to start to get set free. Every day, every day. Next, next Sunday, we're going to talk about releasing so we're going to get the right order of these things, releasing. But right now, we are recognizing and repenting. We're recognizing and repenting. So can we close our eyes right now? Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here and you're in this room. I thank you that you're illuminating lies that we've believed, that a spirit of intimidation has robbed us of, all that you've got for us. And I ask for every person that this would come to bring freedom, not condemnation, but freedom. I come against the spirit of infirmity. I come against the spirit of intimidation that's robbed every person of the blessing and influence that you've called us to. And I come against you right now in the name of Jesus. You are exposed with your lies. And I declare over this next six months, there is going to come so much freedom and so much confidence and so much God confidence as people walk into their supernatural breakthrough and taking their promised land. We declare it in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. While your eyes are closed, if you're... If God's putting some light on some lies that you've believed, just would you raise your hand and say, yeah, God's put some lies, some light on the lies I've believed. Just raise it up real high. Raise it up, raise it up. All right. Now keep it up if you're like, I'm going to go on this six-month journey because I really want to be free. Every day, I'm going to be praying. I'm going to repent of that thing. Every day, those few things. Awesome. So many people online. You, you partner with us in this journey. You're going to get free from so many things. It's so powerful. You can put your hands down. Finally, the, the lie that so many people believe that stops them entering into the blessing that God has is about the nature of God. You might be here this morning and you don't have a relationship with God. You've never invited Christ into your life. You've never made a decision to put your trust in Jesus Christ. Today would be such a powerful day to connect with God in a, in a real way. When Jesus Christ came, He came to dying a cross. He was nailed to a cross so that we wouldn't have to be punished for our sin. He was punished for our sin. He was nailed to that cross so that we could be forgiven.
and cleansed. That we could have a fresh start with God. A brand, we could become brand new in Jesus. And so this morning, if you are not in a relationship with God, I'm not talking about believing that God's real. I'm talking about just being in a relationship with Him. If you're not in a relationship with God, and the only way you can do that is through Jesus Christ, then in a moment, I'm going to ask you to simply just raise your hand and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. That prayer will be the connect, the, a connection moment with God that will change your life. Maybe there's been a point where you prayed a prayer and you invited Christ into your life, but you know you've drifted away from God. You're not walking with Him right now. Well, I'd love to pray for you as well in a moment. I'd love to help you connect with God. Come back to Him. Get right with Him. If you're just not sure if when you die you're going to go to heaven, then I'd like to lead you in a prayer that will give you an assurance and confidence in your heart. We don't get to heaven because we're good. We get to heaven because we believe in Jesus because He's perfect. So right now, right across the room as we're praying, if you're saying, John, that's me. I want to begin my relationship with Christ. I want to discover the purpose that I was created for through that relationship. Or I want to come back to God because I'm away from Him. Or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Would you just raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to get right with God. Thank you. I see your hand. That's awesome. You can put it down. Thank you. I see your hand as well. That's awesome. Who else right now? You're just saying that's me. You're watching online. This is for you as well to get right with God. Just wherever you are, just raise your hand. If you're saying here this morning, John, I know something's missing in my life. I need to get right with God. I've, I've drifted away and I've got to get back to Him. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand as well and say, John, today I want to get right with God. Things are going to change from this moment. If that's you, raise your hand and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. All right, fantastic. We're going to pray a prayer together. Those of you who raised your hand, I want you to pray after me, but we're all going to join with you. Say these words after me. Say them as you're watching online. Say this, dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus Christ to die on a cross for my sin. I'm sorry for living my way. I'm turning to you to live your way. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you today that I am forgiven, born again, and going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. Come on, let's put our hands together for those guys. Great decision. So proud of you. The journey of a relationship with Jesus doesn't stop here. This is the beginning of it. We want to help you. One of our team after the service is going to come up and say hi. Can I say that the best thing that you can do if you're beginning or coming back to Christ today is be in church every Sunday. Uh, help, help us find you a group. Alpha would be a great one or a place where you can discuss your relationship with God and be helped by other people. It's really important to us that you're connected to God. Church, you're amazing. Thank you, Pastor Josh. God bless you.